Hallelujah. So thankful for that. Tonight, if you want to stand with me for the reading of God's Word and respect for I'll be reading in the New King James Version of Mark, chapter 1, verse number 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, how many know this? that's early? Way before daylight, that's early. He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. We're talking about Jesus here. Jesus praying right here. Early in the morning, before daylight. Do you know we have a window in our bathroom, and if we don't keep our bathroom doors shut in our bedroom, there it shines through. The sun comes up, and I can start seeing it. So I try to make sure that bathroom door is shut because I don't want to see that sun come up. Jesus is out praying in the dark. Okay, I want you to get that. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. I, you know, he's been gone for a long time. I don't know where he's at. And so here Simon is looking for him. When they found him, they said, said to him, everyone is looking for you. Jesus, what have you been doing? We're all looking for you. He's off praying. He's been gone in the night. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. And I want to stop right there. I want to pray. I want to preach to you for a few moments with the subject. If Jesus had to pray, dot, dot, dot. Lord, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to preach your word. We thank you, Lord, that we're gathered here in your name, in your presence, and you're here with us. I'm asking you, Lord, tonight to anoint my lips of clay, Lord, that I may speak your word with boldness, Lord, and in truth. Let the seed of this word go down deep inside of us, Lord, and minister to each and every one of us. I pray blessings on these people as we search the scriptures. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. If Jesus had to pray, my question tonight would be, how much more does Drew need to pray? How much more does Michelle need to pray? Ferris need to pray. We need to pray. Sometimes I feel like in the church that we come to the point where we feel like prayer is just an afterthought. It's not that big a deal. We don't have to pray. Only when we're about to eat. Now then we'll say blessings over our food because we've seen the people that's working back there and we're not sure that it's going to be healthy when it gets to us. Lord, would you bless that, whatever they're doing to it. God, you know I just seen them come out of the bathroom. Who knows if they washed. God, help us. I tell my boys all the time, I said, that's why we pray. That's why we, that's why we bless the food. That's why we pray over our food. No, it's an example of Jesus. But I think sometimes that's why we really get prayer to our food. You know, it just, you know, we're going to eat. And then, you know, we teach our kids. Now I lay me down to sleep. You know, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. We teach these things to our children until it's a habit. Until sometimes I don't believe it's even a prayer. It's just something we're saying without any meaning at all. And one of the things I love, I had a gentleman come up to me years ago. And uh, we just played in a service somewhere, and he walks up to me, and he said, I have a need, but I only want people that really will pray with me about this need. And boy, he confronted me right where I was at, I guess. And in that moment, I realized, God, this man is desperate. He needs somebody to pray. He's not asking for just anybody. No casual prayer. He wants somebody that's going to pray for him, not somebody that just shakes his hand and said, we'll pray for you. And then out the door and never pray again. 
And I did for months and months. I prayed for this gentleman. Now, you ask me now, I can't tell you what it was about. This has been 15 years ago. But I prayed and prayed for that gentleman. I told him, I said, I will pray. I will agree with you. But sometimes I think Christians just lose lose the tool, if I can say it like that, of prayer. Jesus had to pray, so how much more should we have to pray? If it was necessary for Christ to spend a large amount of time in prayer, can we not spend more time in prayer than we have been? You're thinking, this is the Wednesday night crowd. How come we're getting this message? We'd save this one for Sunday. Everybody needs this one. You're right. Every one of them, every one of us need it, without a doubt. I am fully convinced that we don't see the miracles, the salvations, the healings, the deliverance we want to see because we're not putting forth the effort or putting in the time that's required to see these things. Amen, Pastor. You're doing a great job. I'm going to amen myself because this is good tonight, and I'm just going to keep amening myself. It's good. I'm convinced we don't see what we want to see and what we say we want to see because we're not putting in the time and the effort it requires to see it done. Last night we were traveling. I was talking to Peyton, and I said, Peyton, in the scriptures, you know, it's great traveling with your kids because when you're going 80 miles an hour down the road, they can't just jump out and walk out the door or go do something else. They're stuck there next to me, so they have to listen to me. So he's getting a sermon last night, and I, I asked him, I said, can you tell me this? He's, uh, he, he studies his word. He went to Bible college, and he always says, Dad, but I didn't take, I, you know, I didn't go for a degree in Bible. I said, yeah, but you had to take all the Bible college classes and everything else. I said, why do you think that human beings like Peter seen miracles that we don't see? Have you ever, ever thought about that? Has your shadow healed anybody lately? I mean, have you walked by somebody in your shadow? Ooh, they just got healed. It happened in the Word of God. Happened in the Word of God. There was healings in the Word of God. Over and, over, and he tells us to go and do these things. I said, do you ever wonder why? He said, well, probably because we don't spend the time they did in prayer. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, these Jewish cats, they, they, they had to learn all these scriptures. They had to do all these things. They had to uh, they pray twice a day, no matter what. And on the Sabbath, they had to say 18 different prayers. And so I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, you're probably right. They probably pray a whole lot more than what we do. Now, I was kind of leading him in them questions because I already felt that way. I already knew that. We're not spending the time. And, and I'm fully convinced that we don't see these things because we're not doing that. I also want to tell you, I'm fully committed to drawing closer to God each and every day. I have to get closer and closer to God each and every day. I can't afford to be the same man I was yesterday, last week, or last year. I've got to keep pushing ahead. I've got to keep growing in God. And how am I going to do that? It's through prayer. I must pursue God with all my heart, my mind, my soul. I have to be intentional if I'm going to be who he intends for me to be. How many know God has a destiny for your life? He has a plan for your life. He wants you to fulfill that, but you have to be intentional to find out what it is and follow after him. Amen. If I am going to do the things that he's called me to do, I've discovered I have to pray more. I have to pray more. I have to pray more. 
Mark tells us in our text that Jesus went to pray. Before Christ was going to go out and minister, he began uh, his ministry tour. You know, this is what he did. He went and prayed. He went and prayed. I mean, we can skip right over that in the Bible and think, well, that's not that big a deal. Jesus went to pray. Well, Jesus is part of a trinity. He was a part of the Godhead. Why, would, why does he even have to pray? Wow. Is he giving us an example here? We must pray. I want to stop right here and say this to every ministry in this church. Before we do anything, we have to pray. We have to pray. If you're going to be a part of any ministry, you must be in prayer. You must pray. Singers, musicians, teachers, preachers, ranger leaders, girl ministry leaders, nursery workers. You got to pray. Before you stand to minister, you better bathe yourself in prayer. Not just in the little now, I lay me down to sleep prayer. God is great. God is so good. Let us thank you for this food. Amen. That's great if that's the only prayers you know. But I'm going to tell you, Sunday and some of the upcoming services, we're going to be talking about prayer. You think, well, pastor, that's just boring stuff right there. Get ready for the boring because it's coming. I'm going to tell you, and it's not boring. It's not boring. I believe God demands that we put forth the effort of prayer. Before we put forth the effort of ministering to his people, we have to put forth the effort of prayer. If Jesus had to pray, don't think for a second that we don't need it just as bad. Just even more. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, did Jesus really have to pray? I know I have to pray. I believe that we need to bathe everything in prayer. And the reason why I use that word particularly, bathe everything, it signifies a submerging of everything. When you baptize something, what are you doing? You're taking it all the way down underneath the water. When we're praying and bathing things in prayer, we're taking everything down underneath that prayer. Everything has to be bathed in prayer. We want and we need to be submerged in the prayer. And through the Holy Spirit, he'll help us to do what we're called to do. Notice the disciples were all ready to minister right there in Capernaum. He's ready. They're looking for Jesus. The crowd was there. The people were ready and eager to hear him. But he said, no, we have to go to another location. You need to read this text. I can just give you a portion of it. But you need to read it all. And here's my point. When you pray and you get in touch with God, you don't always do it the way men want you to do it. That's a mouthful, especially when you, you put it into a, uh, my, what I'm doing right now as a pastor. It's not always fun doing what God calls you to do. Well, pastor, you shouldn't say stuff like that. Well, when people's telling you it's not the right thing and you're doing it wrong, this, 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 this. Well, you know what? When I'm doing what God told me to do, I'm going to trust him more than I am man. We've got to be led by God. We've got to be led by God. The crowd was there. The people were ready and eager to hear him, but he said, no, we have to go to another location to minister. My point is, is we have to stay in touch with God. We have to stay in touch with God. We have to be in prayer. And when you pray, you will get a direction or a guidance from the Father on how and where we're to minister. I'm always saying here in the church, I don't want to do things that, that God's not called us to do. I don't want to invest his money in things God's not called us to do. If it's not working, I don't want to do it. I want to do what God's involved with. God has placed this in my heart or given me a call, a burden, or ever popular mandate to preach to you on prayer and encourage you in the coming weeks. And that's what we're going to be. I was thinking about mandate today. We've heard this word mandate over and over and over until I'm sick of it. And then I got to thinking of it really mandate. I was like, 
I don't want to date a man. Man date. I just kind of, I don't know where that word come from. I guess I should have looked it up. But I feel like God's calling us to a time of prayer. I've been praying. I've had his guidance because I've spent time in prayer. God has, God has a ministry for each and every one of us here in the church. And so many times people, me and Peyton were talking about a little bit last night. We think to ourselves, you know, we have nothing to give. We, we don't have anything that we can give to the church, give to God. And I'm not talking about finances here. I'm talking about your ministry, your gifting, your encouragement. It doesn't matter what it is. God has given you something that he wants you to be doing. Each one of us, though, had to start that with prayer. We have to start it in prayer. Prayer is when you find your place in ministry. That's where you're going to find your place. You know what? You could say, well, you know, I just kind of stumbled into this. I did this. You've got to pray and ask God what he wants you to do. He will lead you. He will guide you. If Jesus had to pray when making decisions, don't you think that we have to do the same thing? I do. Luke 6 and 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself And from them, he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. So Jesus here had a decision to make. What's he do? He's in all-night prayer meeting again. An all-night prayer meeting again to come up with his apostles. One of the most important decisions Jesus had to make on earth was the choosing of his ministry helpers. The people that's going to be right there with the people that he's going to invest more than anyone else. His workers, his disciples. And how did he make that decision? Through prayer. Through prayer. Did he size up their appearance? He looks like a good one. I'll take him. Did he size up their talents? Looks like Peter can, can wave a knife pretty good, a sword pretty good. I'll take him. No. It wasn't their wealth. He didn't size them up, anything like that. He spent time in prayer. He wanted the Father's will in his decision making. In order to make the right choice, he prayed about it. What about us? What about you and me? What do we do? Do we pray about the decisions we make in our life? Or do we just say, you know, I'm just going to go do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. Well, Drew, now you're being radical, trying to, you know, pray about everything you do. That's just silly talk. We don't have time for all that. Let me tell you what. If you start praying about all the little stuff, You'll find, up it, find out it doesn't become some big disaster later on if you'll start praying about it. Be led by what God wants you to do. If we're going to make the right decisions, then we're going to have to spend time in our prayer closet. We're going to have to pray. We're going to have to spend time in prayer. Again, Jesus prayed all night. I just asked for those who can spend one hour with me during the day would come out, and we don't have a big crowd for that. We pray Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m., now, I, if you have a job, if your health doesn't, you can't do that. Hey, I understand all things, but if you can be here for prayer, you ought to be here. I'm not asking you to pray all night like Jesus did. I'm asking you to come and pray with me for one hour. Amen. Can you see the need to pray for wisdom in making decisions? We need wisdom. We need God's wisdom in everything we do. Everything we do. If the Son of God had to pray, it shouldn't I? 
Moses said, God, where your presence goes, I'll go. Isn't that what we're looking for? God's presence? I want to do whatever God's wanting us to do. That's where I am. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to be led except by God's presence. We make so many mistakes when we go our own way and our own, own decisions. And then when they turn out to be a disaster, we blame God when he was trying to take us in a different direction altogether. God, why'd you let me get in this mess? You've seen what was coming down the pike. You knew I shouldn't have did that. Well, God, why didn't you warn me? Over and over and over, we want to blame somebody else for what we did. Now, I can tell you right now, I preached this to me first today, so don't think, boy, pastor's being mean. No, I, I, I took it too. I took it to heart already. Question I asked myself. Where will I be in the next three years? Three months. Next three days. What is that, three days to the new year? Where will I be? Because the decisions I make today will determine my tomorrows. If I decide to pray now, what's the result going to be later? If I don't pray now, what's the result going to be later? Whether you meet me here at church for a prayer meeting or not, I think every Christian ought to set themselves aside some part of their day to pray. Get alone with God somewhere. Why do I suggest the church? It is so much easier to come down here when people are here praying. Worship music going, people's in here praying, you can hear them praying. It's easy to just find you a spot and just start praying. God, I feel your presence already. I didn't even have to do anything. I walked into your presence where I come in here. And it's so easy to pray when you're praying with your prayer partners. You're praying with your family, your church family. And we all need to do that. No matter if we come down here or not, we need to be given time for God in prayer in our homes. I know this much. If we'll make that decision, there's going to be a change. We'll make that decision and say, God, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to give this time to you in prayer. The reason why I'm preaching this tonight is because we're coming up on a new year. And there's, there's all these uh, New Year's resolutions you're going to be making. I'm going to diet this year. I'm going to work out this year. I'm going to go to the gym so I'm not just wasting my money monthly. I'm, I'm going to do these things. I, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. The best thing I can say is let's get closer to God in this new year. Let's spend time in prayer. You say, Pastor, what, what, what will we change if we pray? The first thing it will change is you. It will change you. I was reading today about prayer and, and, and some of the things, and, and I've told some stories here from the pulpit where I'd be back there praying, and, and I just felt like I needed to be quiet and listen to God and what he was saying to me. <clears throat> and so when I got quiet, the music's still playing, other people still praying, and I got quiet, and I just sat back there, and the God, just, he just starts pouring things into my heart, starts saying things to my heart when I got quiet enough to hear his voice. I wasn't petitioning anything. I start my prayers out mostly the same way every time. I start thanking him for what he's done. I start praising him for who he is. And then by, by the end of my prayers, I'm petitioning for, for the needs of the church. But there's a lot of times I just get, I start my thanks and start my praise. And then next thing I know, I'm just loving on God. Sometimes I'm just crying before him. How, how many how, thought that's hard to believe? Pastor, you never cry. I start crying. I start praising him. And that praise leads, leads in some of the most beautiful prayers. I pray in tongues. 
The Holy Spirit comes upon me and I pray in tongues. And that even when I don't know what to pray, prayer is being, being sent up. And it edifies me. It changes me. There's such a noticeable change in each and every one of us when we spend time with God. It changes in our love for each other, in our attitudes towards one another, in our peace, in our life, our joy. There's change in all these things. In our work environment. So you start praying, people's going to notice you at work. Say, well, you're just different. You, just, you act different. You, you, you must be feeling better. In your giving, this will change our giving. It'll change our outreaches and how we're reaching out to people. And you name it, there will be a change in every aspect of your life when we pray. We'll look back in three weeks, three months, or three years and say, wow, look where God has brought us from. Look what God's did through us. And it's simply because we drew closer and closer to him. If Jesus had to pray before he met his biggest battle, don't you think that we need to pray too? Luke chapter 22, verse number 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. That's some earnest praying. I was reading the scripture today talking about diligently seeking God. When you're diligently seeking God, when we're, when we're going after him with all of our heart, on purpose, intensely. I mean, I, I come up with a lot of different words to say it. Great drops of blood. I, we, me and Peyton, again, was talking about this. Last, I said, can you imagine praying so much that grape drop, your sweat turned into blood coming out of your skin? From the medical field, I, you know, I don't know how that works. I just know it happened. I just know it happened. That's, that's some intense prayers right there. There's no question Jesus was about to face his biggest challenge. And what did he do? He went to prayer again. He went to prayer again. If Jesus had to... Don't you think that we should be doing the same thing? If Jesus had to pray, don't you think we ought to be praying? He's the example we're following. Here's the problem. Jesus knew when he was to face this challenge. He knew what was coming up. He knew why he was there. But many times we don't know what's coming down the pike. We don't know what's about to happen in our life. Right? This is not a coincidence that Jesus is praying and then these events take place. He knows what's going on. But we don't know what's going on all the time. And so we need to stay in constant prayer. So when things come our way, we're already ready. Satan will spring something on us. Maybe a temptation or something we're not expecting. But if we're unprepared because we haven't been praying, we fall apart. We don't know what to do. I have so many people call me and they'll say, Pastor, I don't know what to do about this. And I said, well, have you prayed? Well, I've just, you know, I've just all these circumstances right here in front of my face. I didn't even think about praying. Let's pray first. Let's pray first. I wasn't always that way. I have a mom and dad that kept telling me. I'd say something. Hey, this, this, this. And they said, well, let's pray. And I said, Do we have time for prayer? This is happening so fast. I mean, we need to. They're like, let's pray first. Let's pray first. Let's put our faith in God. Well, 
when disasters come at us, when things come at us, we don't always have time to pray. We, we just had the car accident a few months ago, and there wasn't a time to get on my knees and start praying. Lord Jesus, you see this deer. He's coming. It wasn't like that. We didn't have time. All that came out of Shelley's mouth was, Dear Jesus. So I don't know if that was, Dear Jesus, or there's a deer. Jesus, help us. But that's the way it was. If we've already been praying, that's where it's at. We have to be praying ahead of time because we don't know what, what may be coming our way. We don't know what's coming our way. Have to be in an attitude of prayer, ready to pray at any time. You know what? Here's the bad thing. You shouldn't have to go, have to go get saved before you pray. Lord, forgive me. I feel guilty even coming to you for this, but uh, would you forgive me of my sin? Stay in touch with God. Do you know if you'll keep praying, it'll keep you saved? It will. You won't be doing the wrong things that you're feeling so guilty over if you'll continue to pray. Angels ministered to Christ. Help came from the Father when Jesus prayed. And I believe that you and I need the same help from our Heavenly Father. I need this same help as I face my enemy each and every day. I need God. Every day our enemy is seeking for those he can devour. He's ruthless. He's trying to kill. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy everyone that he can. So I need help from the Father. I need help from the Helper. I need the Holy Spirit to help me. So we pray. I love Isaiah 59 and 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. I want to pray. And when I pray, Lord, you know when the flood's coming. I don't. I don't know when the enemy's coming at me. I don't know what plot and plan he has for my life today. But Lord, I'm going to pray in advance. So you protect me from this, that you raise up a standard against what he wants to accomplish in my life. Scripture comes to me that there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. I hear people say it all the time. That doesn't mean weapons won't be formed. There's weapons that will be formed, but they're not going to prosper. Stay with God. Stay in prayer. Our enemy wants to destroy the saints of God. Shelly, would you come back? That's one of the reasons why we need to stay in constant prayer. The devil wants to destroy every church in this town, in this community, in this county. My father-in-law said this week, he said, there's only (coughs) two things the government doesn't control right now. Guns and the church. He said, look out when they get either one of them. Now, you take it for what it's worth, but... I believe people are influenced by Satan, and Satan works through people. So some of our enemies are, and the attacks that we get are through people. They are. We need to be praying. We need to stay in constant contact with God so that God can help me every day, and especially when he attacks, when Satan attacks in a big way, I need to be prayed up already. I don't have time to run and go through a big prayer list, and God, you see this, you see that. You know, here's something else I wanted to say. God says he knows our needs before we ask. So somebody might say, why are we praying then? He wants relationship with us. He wants relationship with us. Man, 
Jesus Christ was about to redeem mankind, and he went to prayer. We need to pray and receive the help that we need. Stop trying to do things on our own. We, we find out more and more it doesn't work. It's not going to work. Drew can't do it on his own. I need to pray and receive my help from God. If Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? Amen? Now, this is just a short sermon, very elementary. And, and, and yet it's so big to me, our prayer time. I'm not your judge. I'm not going to judge you if you don't show up for prayer meeting. I, that, that's not me. I don't, I don't do that. When I come in here, I don't care if I'm by myself. I'm, I come in and pray. Right? Just come in and pray. What scares me, though, is people that can be at prayer meeting and are not at prayer meeting, the reason why they're not at prayer meeting. It does. It bothers me. I don't care if it's at night, if it's in the morning. It doesn't matter. And, and, and I pray that you have a routine at your house that every day you pray at some point in your house. I, I think it's best to pray in the mornings. Because <coughs> usually I'm attacked from the beginning. <laughs> Seek him early. You're going to find him when you pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? Tonight, I want you to help me pray for this week of prayer. It's going to start uh, Monday night. Sunday night, we'll be, uh, we'll be focusing on prayer. And then Monday night, we'll start in a week of prayer. And I know people's busy. I know they're going to be worn out. I know all these things. But I also know when we'll give something to the Lord, when we give him our time, our effort, God, you know I'm tired, but I'm going anyway. I want you to know God honors that. He sees that. He blesses you because you put forth that kind of effort. What I want us to do here tonight is pave the way for what's coming up this week. I believe things are going to be changed. I asked Peyton this question. I said, Peyton, can you imagine if, if me and you took this week and we said, God, we're giving you four hours a day. I know everybody can't do that. But I told him, I said, what if we told him, God, we're coming in at 8 o'clock and we're not leaving until noon. What would happen to our church if we all started praying that way? Why did the disciples have things happen that we don't see on a regular basis? They spent more time with Jesus than anyone. That's what we've got to do. Father, I thank you. God, if I failed you tonight, I ask for forgiveness. I ask you, Lord, to give us a burden to pray. God, I ask you, Lord, to give us a burden for souls. God, we sit back sometimes and as if we don't see people dying lost. I ask you, Lord, to open our eyes to let us see the importance of intercessory prayer, Lord. That will become, all of us will become prayer warriors. That, Lord, prayer is our first choice, not our last resort. I ask you to touch each and every one in here, Lord, bless their lives, bless their homes, bless their vehicles, bless their finances, God. 
God, draw them closer. Lord, put a tug on their heart, Lord, where they feel you so strong. <laughs> that they want to spend time with you in prayer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you find you a place to pray?